Hello, and welcome to episode one of the Spirit Wad podcast. I'm your host, Will Maddox. I'd like to take today to have a slightly longer introduction than normal, as this is episode one of the podcast, and believe a brief explanation is in order for the purpose of this podcast and the reasoning behind creating it. Simply put, in my life, I have been fascinated by two areas one hand, spirituality, religion, the soul, consciousness, these deep, big, why questions that everyone struggles with. On the other hand, I've been an athlete involved in strength and fitness, health and wellness, physical education in all forms. And for a long time, I considered these two areas of my life equally important but separate. That is until about six or seven years ago, I rediscovered my love for martial arts through the form of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And it was in the practice of this discipline that I truly learned about the interplay of spirit and the physical body. Warriors for centuries have talked about a warrior or fighting spirit. And that was just one example of how the realms of spirit and the physical are not as distant as they seem. I thought it would be interesting then to reach out to some individuals that I follow on these social media platforms and get their perspective on this issue. I noticed a large percentage of high-functioning athletes did, in fact, subscribe to some form of religious or spiritual practice. Now, some were Muslims, some were Hindus or Christians, or some other esoteric religion that I didn't understand fully, but all the more reason to sit them down and discuss with them their point of view on how things really are. Even better if one was a weightlifter or one a gymnast, maybe a dancer and an ultramarathoner. So, decided to do just that. This podcast is a result of me very naively thinking that it would be easy to be an interviewer and a podcast host and reaching out to these people in order to get their opinions, thoughts, and feelings on the matter. So take it for what it is. It's not an attempt to sway or convince anybody of anything. A spiritual journey is one that, in my opinion, must be an individual journey. But since I'm here and curious about these things, I'll pick the brains of, say, today's guest, a classic Christian strongman an archetype that we will see again and again in this podcast. James Fueller, better known as Strongman Archaeology on Instagram, believes in old school weightlifting and traditional Christian values. He's a great guy and was very generous with his time with me and in answering any of the questions that I had for him. 
He's also one of the first people I started following when I got on Instagram and has been nothing but helpful to me in any sort of training questions that I offer him. He's taken the time out of his day, as a good Christian would, to reach out. So, that being said, without further ado, I present to you episode one of the Spirit Wad podcast with James Fueller. Awesome. Well, James, thanks for taking a moment to uh, speak with me today. Episode one of the Spirit Wad podcast. Um, let me just kind of, I wanted to take a moment just to say uh, thank you to you for giving me this opportunity to hold space for this conversation. I know this is something that not everybody's super comfortable with talking about and kind of hallucinating on. So I think it's really important for this to be um something that people do feel more comfortable talking about, sharing their experiences and looking for the commonalities between, you know, the whole spiritual side of the things. My, myself, uh, part of the reason of doing this podcast is a little bit selfish, like most good podcasts. Um, you know, I, I want to learn more about everybody's point of view, everybody's perspective. Um, if, if I had to label myself, which I really don't want this podcast to be about me, I want it to be about exploring other people's perspectives and their their journeys on the spiritual path um but i'm, I'm a pretty much agnostic gnostic uh you know i'm looking for the commonalities and the um just the also the diversity in each person's path and and believe that uh we can learn from everybody everybody's perspective has some kernels of truth and i'm a big fan of that that saying that there's many paths up the mountain and not necessarily does every of my guests need to agree with that perspective either, but uh, I think it's good for people to have this opportunity to kind of speak their their gospel, if you will. And so uh, once again, just appreciate you for taking the time, letting me hold this space. And I'm very grateful and very, very thankful for you to do so. Yeah, no, glad, glad to be here. Awesome. So um, why don't we start off with just telling the people a little bit about your background in fitness first, uh, fitness and health and wellness. You're somebody that I really enjoy watching their videos on Instagram. You're a big inspiration to me. One of the first people I kind of noticed in the whole old time strength, uh, forgotten lifts type of space. So, you know, I, I'm definitely a big fan and definitely appreciate all you put out there. But for those of us who might not be more familiar with you, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background in weightlifting, bodybuilding, all of that good stuff. I started out about 37 years ago. Bodybuilding was pretty much it. I mean, other things existed, but um, if you were on your own, you didn't have an influence from a family member or you didn't have a powerlifting or a weightlifting gym in your area. Um, Arnold was big at the time and it was making bodybuilding look very attractive. Um, so Arnold was big, that was a big influence. Um, I've been suffering back pain, sciatica now I know that it was sciatica. And I just simply reasoned that um, at 13 years old that I, uh, both my parents had back problems. And I reasoned that I was also gonna have back problems because they did. And I said, well, I'm gonna, 
I'm going to make sure I'm going to be able to go to work. So it was a, out of complete ignorance. I, I didn't, uh, people didn't train to get better back then. Uh, when you did bodybuilding, it was all because you were either gay or narcissistic or a combination of both. Uh, even some of the men would say, well, two hours in the gym is two hours overtime. You could be putting in at, your, at the factory to put more food on the table or to help out your family more. So there really wasn't a positive outlook towards spending your time training. Uh, this is back when if you got diabetes, adult onset diabetes, it was a slow death sentence. There was none of this, uh, well, maybe you ought to, that it's reversible, that if you lost a bit of weight, did some more exercise and ate better, you could come out of that. So it was out of complete ignorance that I, I started training just so I'd be able to, to work, not realizing that eventually from the training, my back started to feel better and my sciatica went away. And it's been slow hints over that bodybuilding I did for 20 years or so, about 20 years of bodybuilding. I had small hints here and there that was kind of leading me to, hey, you can do more with this than just develop your muscles. And I was always an athlete, so I was always athletic. But bodybuilding wasn't seen as something. Bodybuilding magazines are trying to promote it as the answer to everything. But whatever your magazine is, it's always going to promote it as the answer to everything. Anyways. So, but I started getting hints about how useful lifting could be. And it's slowly brought me to here. But remember, like I said, back when I started, there was no lift. Even chiropractic was looked at as, as like witch doctor type medicine. Like it really didn't have any respect. So it's, it's been a long, interesting journey after those, after bodybuilding and then uh, getting into powerlifting and weightlifting and strongman and, and eventually old time strongman. I got into just because I'm a history buff. So I'm like, well, why don't I look at what historically they used to do? And I was competing in old time strongman. And I started realizing that there was actual merit to it. It wasn't just fun to do an Arthur lift in a meet or a hack lift in a meet but that it actually had some application to regular everyday people. It's, so it's been interesting. It's been an interesting 37 years learning what I've learned, and, um, slowly piecing things together on my own and just seeing it change. It's just so weird. Like I was writing online today, I'd written it. I trained for, I think, 25 years before I ever saw bumper plates in a gym. And that was just a random set of bumper plates uh, from the 70s or late 70s early 80s you know bumper plates really weren't a common thing in gyms well whenever crossfit really started to take off what would that be about 2000 yeah 2005 like yeah and that's when like weightlifting shoes i never saw weightlifting shoes never you know until i unless i competed at a weightlifting meet but here in maine we hadn't we hadn't had a weightlifting meet since 1987 so yeah, it's, it's been interesting. It's been an interesting ride realizing the, the bodybuilding was good. Don't get me wrong, but I started learning about the mobility that you could build with your weights and how they could actually work together. And actually, they're two sides of the same coin. You can't have one without the other. You can't ignore, you know, just because you never look at the back of a coin doesn't mean there isn't a back of a coin. It's there whether you look at it or not. So you can either focus on, say, yoga, which is mostly mobility. I think most view it as, and that's ignoring strength on the back of that coin. Or you can be someone who just 
goes for strength and has the bare minimum mobility so that you can squat a lot or bench a lot or whatever you want to do. And that's ignoring the back of that coin, which is mobility. But you're better off if you look at both sides of that coin and you appreciate the beauty of each, you know? Uh, I can't agree more with you there. Uh, I'm a pretty much a generalist myself when it comes to health and fitness. I try to do a little bit of everything and take from what I can and regard, disregard the rest. Uh, I think it's, you can't overstate the influence CrossFit has had in the health and fitness industry just in the last 20 years, the amount of um, everyday people who are now involved in weightlifting, the, the you know, snatches and cleans, and like you mentioned, bumper plates and weightlifting shoes and just a whole segment of the uh, economy and the health and fitness space has just exploded uh, pretty much ever since CrossFit arrived on the scene. So, which is all good things. It's in, you know, um, the more people we can get out moving and being healthy, in my opinion, uh, I I'm, don't care what they're doing as long as we're out there moving and grooving and feeling better about ourselves. So, um, so that's very interesting. And uh, there's a tons of questions I could ask you about your health and fitness and uh, it's a whole nother road we could go down, but uh, I know you've done some other podcasts in the past and maybe I can link to those for people who want to hear more about the uh, just your history and your history of strength sports. Um, but here at spirit wad kind of what um, we're doing with this podcast and our whole point is to really highlight the intersection that happens a lot of times between athletes and spirituality. Sometimes people will get involved with athletics coming from a very materialistic and uh, maybe even atheist background, but somewhere along the way through intense uh, endeavors, effort put out in competition or training, they may start to find that their thoughts about things change. And so um, I'm one of the reasons I reached out to you is very obviously on a lot of your posts on Instagram, you are, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but a Christian uh, yep. and someone who, you know, doesn't hesitate to give glory to God, to Jesus, um, yep. to, you know, very proud of the, the, that fact. And that's something, the reason why I reached out to you is to get a little bit more of your understanding of that type of thing. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your, your background in, in religion, I guess. Um, so some people are, born into a Christian household and from day one, they grow up that way. Other people, um, not so early on, do they, do they find the Lord or they find their, their savior? So why don't you tell us a little bit about your background growing up uh, when you found your religion and, and kind of how that happened? I was pretty much brought up in it. Uh, my parents became born again Christians when I was pretty young, probably still in diapers. And then I became a born again Christian when I was eight. Um, and I, I believe that um, anything, the Bible talks about um, Romans chapter one, that, you know, that creation was made so that you would understand what made the physical world around you also made you, that there is something there, something that made you, you are special. You're not just a random thing, just like, talks about i believe in mark it talks, you know it says about look at the the lilies of the field and the birds in the air i take care of their needs when i also take care of your needs you know so there's there's a message that you are that you are important that you're not random <clears throat> the way the trees work together giving a place for birds to make a nest and so on it's not random it's a, it's a beautiful design there. Um, and i think with with working out and becoming better at what you do with your body, you realize there is a connection that, and you realize how wonderfully made you are. You know, it's, 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 
can't ignore how well made the human body is and that by practicing it or meditating with it you can control more of your body you know so i think doing things like that we kind of become immersed in god's creation by becoming better athletes and i think it's hard to ignore that you know what i mean it works too good to say it's random you know i think that's that's a that's a big reason why whenever we're immersed in god i think that's that's why it brings us to it we just can't the more you do with your body the more you have to appreciate how beautifully and wonderfully made it is um, you look at a lot of the apollo astronauts that went to the moon and how many of them became more spiritual after being on you know because they just realized there's something so much bigger they're surrounded by god's beauty you know and i i think it's a similar situation yeah, I, and I hope I answered your question. I was trying to. <laughs> well, these are these are big questions, and uh, these are de certainly questions that you can elaborate as much as you would like, uh, as little as you would like. And um, I'm going to use some terminology here that is pretty non-denominational and okay. uh, as objective as possible. And I don't mean that as a slight towards any of your, your religion or any else's religion that no, we have on the no, podcast, no. Um, but simply as a way to be, let's say, the most accessible or the most palatable to the masses right we want to have i want to have something that anybody can pick up uh, any denomination religion and be able to find truth and, and things out of it so i'll use right. that language you feel free to use whatever language soul speaks to you so well you gotta you gotta remember whether we're talking uh, christianity and salvation or whether you're talking the best mobility work for squatting nobody likes listening to a car salesman Nobody likes the, nobody likes a hard sell. I don't like a hard sell. I'm a typical Mainer. If you put even a little too much pressure on us, see you later. We don't care if it's the best deal in the world. Like we got to come to it. You got to let us come, to it, you know, and it's the same thing. I don't, I don't try to pressure peach people into, into Christianity or, or anything. You know, it's, it's, if they want to talk about it, if it's something that comes up in conversation, it does but it's not something I'm looking to force or inject into the conversation because I think you win more bees with honey than you do with vinegar. So uh, you have to be, you have to be ready for when people, uh, you have to be ready for when people are ready, whether it's you're talking training or beliefs or anything really, you know? Well, and that's, uh, I find that there's a, a lot of common ground there with, with your training, it comes down to your beliefs. I'm very often not with my personal training clients. If they're not ready, if they're not believing that they can do something or that something will be beneficial for them, then it right. won't be. And, and I can't change their mind. I can only, um, nope. you know, you can lead a horse to water as they say, but so. Yeah, um, pretty much the results I get speak for themselves. Once I get them feeling better and moving better, it, it happens the same every time. It's kind of funny. Someone will come back from a weekend on a Monday for a training session. And they're like, hey, I did this Saturday or Sunday. And I go, you can't do that. They're like, what do you mean? I go, you told me you haven't been able to do that in years. And they'll go, oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. I'm like, well, you must be healed if you forgot you couldn't do something. Mm. And so once that moment happens or something along those lines happens, because I don't tell people, hey, I'm going to give you this. I'm going to give you that. You're going to feel so good. I don't do that. I'm like, let's see how this goes. Let's see what you get from it. You're either going to get a lot or nothing or something in between. Let's see what you get and see what it does for you. 
because you, you you can't write the script for someone. You got to let them let them have their own story, and that's why I try not to get too specific with my recommendations. I want people to have their own journey, to have their own discoveries, just like I did. Granted, I made a lot of mistakes, and I'm trying to help people not make mistakes. But you got to balance that with you got to help people kind of nudge them in the right direction. Don't say do it exactly the way I said. Just try to nudge them in the right direction. But once you get people actual legit results that's the best sales in the world because then they'll do whatever you want they're willing to try it out but you got to give them something you got to give them something they haven't been able to do in a while you know and then when they're like hey this 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 is possible i can heal from this i can i can squat with a bar on my back for the first time in two decades because my shoulders aren't killing me anymore because we have fixed what's wrong with my shoulders well what else can what else can we do what other kind of crazy stuff can we do and they just realize that it's just tools they're not as intimidated by it. They realize it can bring them where they want to be. So you have to understand the psychology of the person you're working with. Because at first, I'm if I'm training you, you're going to have to do what I tell you no matter what. Because you don't know anything. But from day one, from workout one, you should be taking in what works for you, what doesn't work for you. And over time, the roles are going to reverse where I'm just kind of some guy that makes suggestions. And you have the knowledge to go, no, I don't need to do that. Or no, that's not going to work for me. You know, so I, I believe in a personal responsibility. If you want to get better, I can help you, but it's not up to me. I'm just going to give you ideas and, and make sure you don't get hurt. But you're going to get you're going to get a Ph.D. in how to make you happy and how to make you healthy. I like that. I like that a lot. So kind of piggybacking off of that answer there, um, you talked about belief. We talked about belief a little bit for you personally. What are the core tenets? or um, sort of philosophies to your belief system. So if I were to say, you know, hey, James, what, what is it that you, what you, you're, you say you're a Christian? What is it that you believe in? What would be the one to three top core tenets of your personal spirituality? There is one God. You're not him. And <laughs> Jesus is the, um, is the son of God. And that he died for our sins, that we're naturally not good at doing what's best for us. And uh, that just receiving that gift of salvation is what leads us to um, heaven, as most people would call it. And uh, it's really just as basic as that. I don't get into the, a lot of the minutiae. The rest of it is, is the only thing you won't go to heaven for is the sin of unbelief, disbelief not believing in jesus the rest of the stuff whatever else you do in your life is between you and the big man it's got nothing to do with it, you know because i should be concerned about the stuff i'm doing and i need to correct keep on track i have a hard enough time keeping myself in line never mind trying to worry about other people whether or not they're being a good christian or not uh, it's a full-time job keeping me keeping me in line I, I totally get that, man. Uh, we're all works in progress here. What, um, what is it about that, that spiritual path? So I know you were raised Christian, but I have to assume that you had influences from other religions, people telling you this is not the right way, it is the right way, things like that. So what do you think it is about your chosen spiritual path that drew you towards it more so than any other? I guess... I, don't, I guess simply that uh, 
anything that uh, anything that hints of that we are our own answer to our own problems. I'm not a big fan of. I don't believe it. I would say that person is a false prophet or a charlatan. It's, it's pretty obvious we're not the best answer for our own selves. And uh, Christianity, just uh, having having someone that has died for our sins, I don't think you find anywhere else. You know, uh, there has to be a payment for our sin somewhere. You know, and I just find that 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 Jesus was it. It's hard to explain because it's it's something that you know is true, but if you try to write it down on paper or try to, what's the saying? It's, it's just as hard to disprove Jesus and salvation as it is to prove it. You know what I mean? When people say, well, prove to me there is a God. And I'll say, well, prove to me there isn't because I think you're going to be stuck either way. Mm-hmm. You know, I can see the wind affect the trees. But I don't see the wind much as I see God affecting me, but I don't see the wind just like I don't see God, but I see the effect of. It. Does that make sense? Or is that um, totally crap? No, you're fall- I'm following you. I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, um, and I know, like I said, these are these are questions that by their nature, they're going to be hard to explain with words um, when or like you mentioned, to convince anybody is going to be a well, hard sell. So and I don't, I don't want to sound like I don't like when people do the whole we're better than you and I don't like that I don't think that's how Jesus would talk or want us to talk uh, I just don't think that's a that's a I just don't think that's the right attitude you know uh, is that was that saying if you're when you're pointing your fingers at someone remember you got three mm-hmm. pointing back at you so just be careful whenever you're pointing your fingers you know. So, yeah, I, I, uh, the main thing with Jesus is that in, in Christianity, Christ, uh, just having someone that has set themselves up to pay for our sins, I think that was the, the big differentiate, uh, differentiation, uh, the big difference between other things I've seen, you know. And to me, it's really obvious where we don't do what's good for us. It's uh, a lot of us don't, you know, a lot of the things that are, spiritually good for us um, we just don't naturally do you know left to our own devices we do some pretty bad things to each other you know because i i remember someone saying well that that religion that christianity that's just population control and i counted with so you don't think we need some of that of course i think christianity is a lot more than population control but i think population could use a little bit of help the way we're acting so I don't know. I, I think discipline is something we need, you know, something that disciplines us, that uh, gives us a motivation, a reason to be better, you know, to, to reach out more, to love more. Uh, I think those are things we need. You know, it's very easy to be selfish. People are very good at being selfish today. It's amazing how selfish people can be, you know, uh, and it's sad to see. But it's, it's, to me, it's because we've gone away from God. We've turned our backs. You know, when we worried more about going to church, when we worried more about Christ and God-like things, I think we were better as people, you know? Because it's, it's funny, Christianity's never been a, it's not, in my lifetime, at least, I, I don't 
think of Christians as going and and bombing certain certain areas or killing people or or anything like that. It seems to be we want you to be a part of what we're a part of, but we don't. It's not really an attack based approach. You know what I mean? It's pretty low key. If if you disagree, you disagree. You know, I'm not one of those Christians that I insist that nobody swears around me. I don't want people trying to act a certain way because I'm a Christian. Be who you are. I don't want you to associate any negativity with my Christianity. You know what I mean? It just doesn't make sense to me. I don't, again, I don't think Jesus was that way. I try to look at stuff. How would, how would Jesus act? And there are times when, like when Jesus would get angry, you know, where he was at the temple and, and got angry and overturned a bunch of tables got really upset, got violent. You know, there is a time to be, to be disgusted with sin, to, to be with sinful things. Disgusting. I don't know. I just try to try to really try to do the best I can with that belief, but it's definitely, I don't like getting into the whole trying to say a religion is better. I just say, believe in Jesus and you'll be okay is the best. <laughs> well, I think, uh, with one thing that all religions today at least can kind of agree on, it's that um, we've, we've lost our way. You know, no religion is happy with the amount of uh, yeah. people that they have with them, right? So on the right. whole, spirituality is kind of on the down downward trend, which is, again, part of the reason I'm doing this podcast to kind of hopefully reignite that fire in people and uh, um, turn away from this sort of materialistic, worldview that has gotten us into into so much trouble here um yeah yeah i we're we're it's so subtle you know because they say satan is very subtle with the way that the influence comes in and it's i was thinking about a post i was going to do and i haven't done it yet but i was thinking earlier today that you know i'll be 50 years old in november and um you know when i was growing up almost nobody was on medications you might have one or two adults you know of that was maybe on a blood thinner because of a stroke or maybe be maybe with high blood pressure medication, but that was it. Maybe somebody that was getting older and out of shape had insulin. And now look at how many people are on medications now from a very young age, you know, and that's, that's leaning on men to take care of your problems rather than saying, this is the body God gave me. I should take care of it. And I think Christians are horrible about it. I've always complained about that with other Christians. That, yeah, you may not drink and you may not smoke, but uh, you sure eat a lot of sugar and you're definitely overweight. And I don't think that's what God wants us to do with our bodies. I think we're supposed to be healthy, you know? So, but it's funny looking at the changes, that perspective with, with pharmaceuticals, like uh, kids now, when I was in school, no kids were on any medications. It was like the last year I was in school that you started seeing kids with um, ADD being defined and, and given medication for. And I'm like, we all had ADD. And the cure for, for it was my father's red leather belt if I didn't get my grades in. That was the cure for my ADD. You know, all kids. I don't think it's natural to tell kids to sit in a classroom. Mm -hmm. You know, and to, to say, well, your, your son is easily distracted or your daughter is. Well, good. That means they're a healthy kid. I don't, I don't want a kid that's good at sitting in school all day. I don't want that, you know, but we've been kind of the subtle way of depending more on man for our answers, mm. you know? So 
I think it's sad to see all the medications people are on that they really don't need, you know. And you, you look at the TV commercials and, uh, and the side effects are, the cure is worse than the cold itself, you know. So I think there's a lot of subtle ways we've gotten away from depending on God and, and believing in him and trusting in him. Well, I think the whole pandemic has been been a big part of that. I, If you had told me this was going to happen the way it happened, I wouldn't have believed you. And I'm really surprised at the amount of people that have given into the fear. You know, I, I couldn't believe it. No matter what you believe about the pandemic, fear is never the answer. You know what I mean? So it's just sad to see. Sad to see. You know? So... On that topic, you know, we've we've talked a bit now about how hard it would be to convince somebody with words or with, you know, without a direct experience. You know, I find that is the one thing throughout the religions and, and stuff that really converts people from one thing to another. It's a direct experience of the almighty God, the creator, however you want to phrase it. So I'm curious in your life, can you think of any moments that maybe it was just like a lightning bolt that, you know, I had this experience and I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that there is a, a creator who, you know, is there and takes care of us or watches over us or however you might perceive it. Well, there, there are times in my life where I've almost died. Certain potential accidents or accidents that could have gone much worse that definitely uh, bring you closer to God. I'm not too sure. I, I think I know what you're asking. And I don't think, I think I, I've just seen it to be true just because it made sense. Uh, like I mentioned earlier about seeing how well everything works together. Hmm. You know, birds have something to eat, fish have something to eat. Um, look at Chernobyl. They've now noticed at Chernobyl that there are bacteria that are eating the radiation. They've now discovered bacteria that now eats the plastic waste that we have. I'm like, we're trying our damnedest to kill ourselves and get ourselves off the planet, and God still lets us have an out. It's things like that that I can't ignore. You People can say I'm a fool and that's okay. I've been called worse. And, and, but to me, it's like, really? There's, there's bacteria that eats plastic and there's bacteria that eats radiation? Are you kidding? I mean, what more do you need from my point of view? I won't ridicule someone that doesn't believe that. That's fine. That, that's, that's between you and, and, and the creator. But to me, things like that, I'm like, oh my goodness, we're doing everything we can to ruin it. And God is still loving us so much saying, I knew you guys were going to try something like this. So I made sure there was a bacteria that can kind of help you out, you know? And I'm like, man, just too good to us, in my opinion, you know? So I'm sorry. I don't have a big, huge aha moment, but things like that and just how, how it all works together. You know, bees need pollen. So we have flowers that have pollen on them. So bees can do their thing. And to help the help the plants replicate, you know, to make more plants, it just all works so perfectly, you know. It's just too big to ignore for me. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, I will, 
there's a lot of ways people come to those aha moments. Um, you know, just some examples I've heard have been either through, you know, intense meditation or uh, psychedelic uh, sacraments or uh, intense physical endeavors, whether that be athletics or even um, combat. And um, then, I mean, it could just be as simple as you look outside and you see, you know, your grandmother coming up the street and something just sparks inside of you that tells you that yeah. there is something yeah. more than than what we're privy to here on a day-to-day basis, that there's something larger than just that material world that we inhabit most times yeah. during the day. And so yeah. it could happen a thousand different ways and it might not be a giant aha moment, but it might be a small yeah. trickle of realizations that finally lead to a you know, a light switch that comes on and, and oftentimes makes people switch their entire worldview. So, yeah. And, you know, it, it could be, you know, I think God is patient with us as uh, in the Bible, it'll talk about how we're not given more than we can handle. You know, God is going to test us. He's going to push us, but he's not going to push us beyond the point that we sin, you know, that, that, uh, and, it's like, you know, there's a reason why it's called growing pains, not growing comfort. If you're growing, it's uncomfortable. It's going to be uncomfortable. It should be uncomfortable. Um, and uh, it's just, well, it's like that that story about the little boy and the butterfly. You know, he's, it's his birthday. You just got a jackknife. And, well, of course, the, the story's a little dated because back when I was a kid, getting a jackknife was a big deal. And he's walking off in the woods and he's, you know, cutting this and slicing that because the, the knife is sharp and new and he, he sees a chrysalis and he sees the butterfly trying to trying to get out. So he decides to carefully help the butterfly. And he gently cuts the chrysalis, the cocoon, and the butterfly falls down and dies. And he's just horrified. He's crying, runs to his father and tells him the story, what, how he killed the butterfly. And he said, well, you didn't do anything wrong. You're trying to help, but that struggle of trying to get out of the cocoon is what teaches the butterfly how to get its energy to, to really flap its wings, to really get strong and how to connect with those wings so that by the time it makes it out of there, it has the strength, it knows how to connect with the wings and it can fly. And that if you remove that struggle, you die. So we're meant to have a struggle, you know? And I, and, and I think God gives us that struggle so that we can grow, not because he hates us, but because he loves us. He wants us to be more than we are. And, and, and I think we look too much for heaven on earth. I think we look too much for getting out of work, going home, relaxing, because you've, you've done what you've done today, done what you need to do. But is it really all that you need to do? Is there more growing that maybe you know you should do? not saying we have to be going 24 7 but i think we it's easy to slip into comfort to slip into heaven on earth you know not testing ourselves you know and that's very easy to do very easy you know i have to keep on myself constantly to make sure i'm that i'm trying to grow that i'm trying to do something uncomfortable you know yeah i think that that's um maybe that's one of the reasons why athletics feeds so well into this sort of mindset is that through athletics, through hard training, you understand that the struggle, the discomfort is what 
leads you to growth. It's what leads you to level up, to improve. And so it's, it's one more of those nice sort of parables there that uh, they go, they go right in hand in hand. So let's, uh, let's move a little bit more towards the physical side here with some questions I have for you. This first question I have sure. is, um, I'm curious, how have you found um, focusing on your spiritual health, your spiritual um, health to impact your physical well-being? And then we can go vice versa on that. Have you noticed that improving your physical state has had a benefit negatively or positively on your spiritual well-being? Well, the, the spiritual and physical, it's kind of like what I was saying about strength and mobility being two sides of the same coin. Um, when I'm being better to myself or with myself spiritually or physically, it, it kind of acts in a, both brings an awareness. You know what I mean? Um, okay, like, like when I'm getting, like I believe in a, in a um, I don't believe in a confrontational relationship. So when I'm getting ready to do a lift, to hit a PR, I don't say, you're going to do this. I don't say that to my body. I say, hey, I'd like to do this. Let's, let's make this happen. Let's get this lift and make this lift happen. I, I look at the spiritual and the physical as a partnership, as a journey together. You know, So when I'm more spiritual, it's definitely going to help me physically because it's just making me more aware of the creation God gave me. You know, and just like when I'm being better with my body, I'm honoring what God gave me. I'm being more respectful, not taking for granted what God gave me. There's a lot of people that can't do what I do. You know what I mean? It's not always easy to go out and work out. But to remember God has given me a lot that he hasn't given others and to honor that. That automatically is making you more spiritual. Um, maybe this ties into that. Maybe it doesn't. But people don't realize that when you work out, when you say you're going to work out, you're admitting you are worth taking time to improve. Mm. It's a very subtle thing that people never recognize. I don't hear anyone talking about. But it's something I've talked about on different podcasts. I've talked to people I train is that just the simple act of saying, I'm going to go work out, whether working out is going for a walk or running a tough mutter. Either way, you're admitting that you're worth improving, that you're worth devoting time to. And I think that's a very powerful message when it's multiplied by how many years you've done. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's just interesting to me that no one seems to talk about that aspect. Of it, you know? I love that. I've never heard anybody point that out before, like you mentioned, but I, I really like that a lot. Um, you know, because you couldn't, if you really thought you weren't worth it, you wouldn't bother. Mm. Right. There must be some part of you subconsciously that believes you're worth giving a shot. You must, or else you wouldn't do it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I could be wrong. I'm not an educated person, but I'm just kind of putting two and two together and saying the only way if I didn't believe I could walk, I couldn't. If I didn't believe I could breathe, I couldn't. The only way I can work out is if I believe that I can work out, that, I can, that it's got some merit and that I'm worth devoting time and energy into that enterprise. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, it it's all comes down to belief and gratitude and just being thankful for, for what we have. But like you said, 
it takes that that initial belief of yes of, yeah. i'm 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 worth it i'm you know i'm worthy and i should take shouldn't take for granted what i do have right that shouldn't stop me from going out and trying to do better and do more man i've had to shame myself into quite a few workouts more than i'd like to admit but you know it's it's like hey buddy there are people that can do what you do maybe you ought to go out and be thankful and go do something you know you don't have to have the workout of your life but you really should honor you should show respect for the fact that you've been given a lot you know what's that saying uh, to whom much has been given much is required you know mm. i i think i've been blessed to see things that others do not see. And I'm not trying to sound like I can see through walls or anything like that. I'm just saying that my I can observe some things, some gaps in our perspective with training and maybe some of the psychology of our training that others don't talk about. But I just, uh, just I don't know, I just seem to see stuff that people don't talk about, you know? And so I try to share that and hopefully by sharing my message, they'll realize that uh, that God has a lot more in store for them than maybe they realize, you know, that they're, they are important, that they are loved, you know. I like that. So on that note of, you know, noticing things maybe other people haven't noticed, in your experience, have you found any correlation, positive or negative, between religious devotion and high-level athletic ability among your peers or people you look up to? So you know, I know for myself, anecdotally at least, I seem to find a lot of professional athletes have some form of religious devotion, whether there's a lot of Christians, but there's, you know, there's a lot of other religions represented there too. And I can't help but think that one helps the other in some way, shape or form. And I'm curious your thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I, um, I, it doesn't surprise me. I, I've always thought there was a high correlation. It would make sense. I think the better you become, it's, you know, to be, it's almost like, I don't like calling martial arts a sport. I think that's really one of the worst things you could say about martial arts. It's not worse, but it, it's, it's very, you could either say disingenuous or ignorant or rude because martial arts from what I've seen seems to be much more than just going in and doing katas and spurring kicks and throwing punches. There's so much more to it that to call it a sport is to really marginalize what it could be. You know what I mean? And so someone gets better athletically because they're an athlete, but I think they realize that it's more like a martial art. There's so much more mm -hmm. of a, to me, a true martial artist is as much spiritual as they are physical. You know what I mean? And I'm not trying to judge anyone. I'm just, from my experience with martial artists through my life, the best ones are the most spiritual ones. Spiritual ones. Does that make sense? Absolutely. You know, I don't know how familiar you are with my background, but primarily martial arts is where I do a lot of my physical activity, where I get a lot of my physical activity right. from. And that's kind of what I'm getting at with these questions is I've noticed in my own experience, at least, the more spiritually right I am going into to practice, to train, to spar, yes. the better I do, the more free I am of movement, the stronger I am of willpower, of, of, um, of just going out there and being me and being myself and doing it to the best of my abilities. If I go into the training room after, 
you know, having any sort of large amount of disease in my life from that, from that day, whether I got in an argument with my wife or I was nasty to somebody on the way in to train, I'm right. not as good. And so that's where I'm starting to get the wheel spinning of what is this correlation between being spiritually, spiritually upright, spiritually moral and physically, physically capable. I, uh, I have a phrase that I use with a few people. Uh, and it may, it may make sense to you. It probably won't to a lot of people, but uh, I'll tell them, uh, be in the way without being in the way. And uh, it's, uh, you know, the whole idea of being in the way or what they call like the chi energy. And, you know, I don't try to presuppose my workouts. I have a plan, but I will follow where the way takes me. I don't try to get in the way of the way, if mm. that makes sense. Does that make sense? It there's, does. There's a flow that you can either try to fight or you can either go with, you know. And if you go with the flow, the work is effortless because you're not fighting the flow. You know, like Bruce Lee talked about, lifting weights was expressing the body. And I, I agree. I think that's a great way of putting lifting weights is expressing the body. And that's one of the things of using all these different exercises, many different ways of expressing you, expressing yourself, you know, and learning how to be in the way, in the flow of will make you very happy and very productive. And I think that's what top athletes have done is when you first start, you do what you're told, you follow the beginner programs. But as you advance along, you, you learn to be intuitive, to be more spiritual, and you learn to be open and feel where you need to go next. Have you found that with your training as well? I think I have always been inclined to be more intuitive ever since I was, I was young. It's just something I'm a, a very imaginative person, a very creative person, something I always tell people I was never an artist, but I was creative until I found really martial arts. I mean, I picked up guitar a few years prior to that, but once I found martial arts, it was really this locking together of my creativity, my artistic side, plus with what I was good at already, which was the physical aspect of it. And in martial arts specifically, you are competing against another individual, oftentimes trying to stop you from doing what you want to do. You're trying to stop them from doing what you want to do. And so there's this clash. But as much as you can make this clash a dance rather than a head-on head collision, it, things just like you said, they go, they come easier to you. So I could, for example, I could start a roll with somebody, slap fists, and immediately try to choke choke them with some sort of, you know, choke or, or uh, head attack or something like that. And they're going to immediately put their defenses up and they're going to resist me. And then we're going to be in this battle. Or I could let it kind of progress naturally, see what opens up. And then maybe in our movements, maybe there's an opportunity to, to attack the choke. And so I go for the choke. And if they defend, well, maybe there's an opportunity to attack the arm. And so you go to the arm. And so if they defend the arm and then something else opens and then you go from one to the other to the other and it's a much more flowing 
way of approaching the problem rather than a dominating way of approaching the problem. And I think there's merits to both. That's part of what I'm doing here is trying to do, you know, figure these things out for myself. But um, I think that's a good way of, of looking at things, you know, uh, the Tao, the, the way, the, the force, however you want to kind of conceptualize it. But to be able to intuitively click into that is working with spirit rather than working against it, maybe. Right. You have to let go and let God, as the saying goes. Mm. Um, like the healing that they did, that Jesus did, you know, I always believed was no different than what they do with Qigong, you know, using the Qi energy to heal, you know. And I believe that you don't get that unless you're very spiritual, very intuitive, you know. Okay, so I want to take a couple of seconds here um, for some more rapid fire type questions. So your answers can be as short or as long as you would like them to be, but um, these are questions specifically just to get the, give the viewers and the listeners a little bit more of an idea of your practice, your spiritual and physical practice specifically. So um, question number one I have here, what rituals or ceremonies do you engage in before training and do they differ from the ones you practice before competition? So these could be spiritual pra uh, practices, they could be physical practices and, and ideally some sort of mix of the two. Um, but any sort of practices you engage in before training, before competition, rituals or behaviors? Wow. Uh, not before training, aside from just kind of checking myself, making sure I'm listening and not pre-writing the script, you know, and uh, competition. No, no rituals, really. No, nothing specific that I can think of, you know kind of the work is done by the time the competitions rolled around anyways you know sure sure that's that's how i like to approach it too but so no superstition some people you know rub a lucky quarter or anything like that before they they head out to compete no the only thing i i do before i compete and this is a practical thing is i realize that when i travel to compete i'm going to tend to be dehydrated and so something i started doing about 15 years ago is i would make sure to bring along a bunch of, I'd go to the um, neonatal care and uh, go get a bunch of uh, Pedialyte at the store. Mm. And I mix half Pedialyte and water just to make sure I keep my um, cramping down to a, to a dull roar because somehow, no matter how much water I drink, if I travel, it doesn't matter, I get dehydrated. So, but I don't know if that's a ritual as much as it's just, I learned to not get muscle pulls or muscle tears drink the Pedialyte with some water and you seem to be fine, you know? Excellent. I like it. Uh, next question. Is there a book or tome central to your religion or spirituality? And if so, do you have a favorite passage or parable? Uh, the King James Bible is the main, main book I go to. Um, John three sixteen is the, is the traditional one. I like that a lot. Uh, you know, for God still loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, whosoever believeth in him should not perish, shall have everlasting life. 
and it puts it all right there. Excellent. Um, do you carry any totems or symbols with you into training or competition? Okay. Does your religion or spirituality elevate any specific numerology in any way? And how does this manifest itself in your athletic discipline? No, no numerology. No, no. Okay. Boy, I'm boring. boring. <laughs> well, I got nothing. James, we're going to have some interesting folks on here. I know um, I already got my next guest lined up who is um, big into the first of them as the old gods thor and loki and odin and things like that oh, cool. so i'm trying to make these questions as broad as i can because i you know i'm going to be headed into some some deep water yeah, yeah, yeah. some different people so be as boring yeah. you're not boring to me just to let you know and i don't think our <laughs> listeners are going to find you boring either so um is there a song of worship praise a psalm or hymn that positively affects your mental state before competition just as i am do you know who, is there a preferred version, someone, an artist or? It's just the song out of our hymn book at church. Um, and then if uh, there's a Christian rock band from the 80s and 90s called Petra. Hmm. And uh, they had a song called It Is Finished, which is the last words of Christ before he died. But uh, that's the title of the song, It Is Finished by the band Petra. That's a really good song. Awesome. I will have to take a, take a check at those. Um, just a couple more questions here. What place or places come to mind for you specifically when I mention a place of worship? Place of worship. I mean, I guess traditionally a church, but I don't really... I don't know. To me, it, it's for me, wherever I am, and I, I appreciate the beauty and wonder of what God has done and right in front of me is to me a place of worship. Uh, God. Uh, yeah, I guess place of worship would be a church, but it's not something I'm, it's not something that I have to go to on a regular basis, you know. Okay. God is everywhere, so therefore we can worship anywhere. Yeah. I like it. That's very similar to my own point of view as well. Um, are there any saints, yogis, coaches, or enlightened figures that have had a profound impact on your spirituality and or fitness? Spirituality, no. Fitness, Louis Simmons at Westside Barbell. I was, I'd been there for a day. Uh, got beat up by Louis Simmons for three hours or so with weights it was the day after the nationals powerlifting national day au back in 2007 i was already beat up uh big influence Westside barbell has been a huge influence in my training uh as opposed to i'm thinking of making about that about the two the two pieces of Westside barbell's methodology that's really been huge for me bill star who passed away just a few years ago bill star was a big influence before Westside. you know Big, big influence. Big fan of Bill Stone. And um, before that, uh, Bruce Lee, you know, his old, his old G Kondo, you know, pretty much, hey, man, I'm going to try anything and whatever's great is going to stick around and whatever ain't, I'll, 
see you later. You know, I really appreciate what Bruce was doing. It's pretty amazing what he was doing. You know, he really seemed to be trying to seek the truth, you know, and I have a lot of respect for that. I try to do the same thing, seek the truth. If I can help people not waste time, not get hurt, that's what I'm trying to do. I remember being that 13-year-old kid reading a magazine about a, how to build big, wide lats, and it's got a picture of Franco Colombo with the widest lats in the world. It's kind of basically saying, well, you can do this and this with a barbell, but unless you got this pullover machine, you're screwed. And I was like, you know, when you're 13, you don't know better. Not realizing that, by the way, that big, huge back of Franco Colombo's was built by deadlifting four times body weight for reps and doing barbell bent rows for rep, you know, heavy barbell bent rows. Yeah, by the way, you know, so I'm just trying to help people see that, you know, with a barbell, adjustable dumbbell handles, good collars and about four to 500 pounds of plates, you'll never need anything ever again if you want to get big and strong, you know. I'm not talking competitive weightlifting or powerlifting, but if you're a regular, I, I train regular mom and pop people. So they don't have an, they don't need to squat 500 or, or whatever, but you give them, like I said, that barbell adjustable dumbbells and about four to 500 pounds in plates, they're set for life. You know? They're going to have all they need. Sorry. I went off a little bit. Sorry about that. <laughs> That's all right. I means we must be having a good time, but, uh, yeah, Louis Simmons, you know, that's my neck of the woods here in Columbus, Ohio. That's a big inspiration for me as well. Uh, we all know Louis Simmons down here. We love him and, and everything he puts out. So, Yeah, and he was heavily influenced by uh, – he was one of the few people that paid attention to Fred Hep when Fred Hatfield was talking about stuff from the Russians. You know, and I think Louis picked up the ball and ran with him. You know? Okay, last question for rapid fire here. How do you show gratitude to your creator? Oh, my. Uh, by saying it, by saying I'm thankful, by going to do something to show I'm thankful, uh, any way I can, any way I'm moved. Uh, big part of, I think, being spiritual that maybe people don't realize it. The reason why you can't explain it is because you're, you're, you're what they call in Christianity, you're convicted. Something is put upon your heart. Your heart is heavy to act in a certain way, to do a certain thing. And it seems to come out of nowhere. And I think that's God working in you and through you, you know. Uh, but I, I try to show that appreciation, that thanks verbally and through actions by trying to help others and and sometimes it doesn't make sense to do God's will because the Bible will say that his ways are not our ways. So there are times that God will move you to do something that may not make sense, that down the road winds up being a really good idea that, that furthered God's job, his work. And that's kind of the be in the way, but not in the way sort of deal. Back to that. Excellent. Um, Okay. Well, James, I want to be um, cognizant of your time here and um, very appreciative for everything you've given me so far. I have just a couple more questions here. I have a lot more questions, actually, but we will uh, table some of those. And, um, you know, if the people enjoy it, I'm sure that they'll we'll find time to do a second one, hopefully. But um, just a couple last questions here before I let you go. 
Many athletes and coaches talk about getting hot, finding a groove, or achieving a flow state. How do you view, view these heightened states of awareness through your own lens of spirituality? And uh, yeah, what are your perspectives on getting hot or getting that flow state? I, I made a post about this not long ago. And it was about being in third grade and us boys would race each other to see who could get their math problems done first. And I remember you'd rush, you'd rush, you'd rush, just trying to see if you can get first. One day, us guys, you know, us kids, and we're talking about, yeah, I'm going to beat you, I'm going to show you. And I'm like, whatever, guys, I don't care. I just don't care. I just was having an off day and I didn't care. I wound up getting first. I wound up getting first by a lot. I wound up getting first by so much, the teacher didn't believe that I was done my problems. And said, even if they're done, they're, they've got to be wrong. And they wound up being 100% correct. And I was done way before anyone else. I was like, huh, of course you're eight. You don't know what to make of that, right? As an adult, you do, because it's being in the way, being in the groove, being in the flow. So the next day I come in going, I'm going to get you guys again. I got almost last and I got so many wrong because I focused on it. I got in the way of the yeah. way. And so that's kind of how I still view things. You know, I, I view that uh, if you really, cause I've tried to do God's work thinking I'm doing God's work and I'm just getting in the way of God's work because I'm trying to do it through my perspective, through, through my plans, my ideas. And it's like, no, go, go with the big guy. Let the big guy tell you what to do and you won't go wrong. You know, and I, I think the best way to find the flow is to not look for, it. Mm -hmm. you know, you can't, you've, you've got to just be open to what happens. You can't try to prejudge it and say, well, that sounds, that's, no, that's dumb. I'm not doing that. No, do it. If that's what you're getting as a sense, you have to do it. Go with the flow. Don't try to write the script before it's written, you know, just be a part of the play, not the play. You know. Wow, James, you're starting to sound like a Taoist. I don't know if you have any uh, any experience reading Taoist uh, philosophy. Oh, yeah. Teaching. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. And I've always thought of the way as Jesus, mm. you know, and following Jesus is following the way. So I really don't think Jesus cares what name you call him. So I don't know. It's, it's, uh, I, I noticed, like I said earlier about the, the Chi Kong healing, using the Chi to heal people and what Jesus did. I think there's a, the, I think they're exactly the same thing. You know, I think by being spiritual and through meditation, you, you're able to use your energy to help others. You know, I like it. I think that's a, a great spot to end it on. James, if I could uh, leave you with one last question, I would say in closing, um, is there anything else you would like to speak to in regards to the state of the spiritual health of the earth or its population in today's day and age? Any closing thoughts to give out to the people as far as, you know, spirituality and health and fitness goes? I would say. Get uh, since since a lot of people won't like you talking about God or Jesus, I'll say, get closer to nature, get further away from man's creation and invention, and see what happens. See what it does. For you. 
start start going for a walk in the woods more or start watching nature shows more or just just get away from man created stuff for a while get more natural with your food anything you can do to get back to how we used to do things before we got in the way of it i think you might find you're going to get a little more spiritual whether you want to or not mm. and you might just be a little bit happier whether you want to be or not <laughs> I'd, I'd wager money on that one. And uh, I think that's a great, great spot to end it on. So James, thanks once again for taking the time to speak with me Thank today. Uh, I had Thank a lot you. of fun. Hopefully you did as well. And yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. Hopefully we can do something like this again in the future. Hopefully we can. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate it. And you have a great uh, rest of your day. Thanks. God bless. Thank you. Thanks,